And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, after a week of fights, a ton of fights, all kinds of fights, we're talking PFL, UFC, Katie Taylor versus. Amanda Serrano, what a fight that was. We've got so much to talk about. We have got a plethora of things to go over, some upsets, some things that we predicted. My man, Josh Thompson, you were with a bunch of kids doing jujitsu tournaments, and I am proud of you for doing that. That is a good man, and you have no voice now, which is even better. What's up? <laughs> you guys, bear with me, guys. Um, it seems to be this thing that, I, obviously, with the allergies around here as well, but... <clears throat> It's my voice, man. I was yelling all day. I left my house at 5.30, a.m., got to Stockton, where the Stockton Slap was originally created. And, um, yeah, so I was there all day up until about 3 o'clock. Then I left there, drove to Sacramento because I had some, uh, some of my students and some of my coaches also competed, competing in some super fights, you know, um, in an event up there. So that was great. Had a good time. They went um, five, four, four and zero oh at the super Ooh, fights, and then we won you, a couple look first places, couple Bragger. second places. I have to be a little bragging about right. students. Right. Yeah, we have we have a good click, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, great times. But hey, enough about what I was doing. Let's talk about how Podcast Dave was getting punched in the mouth by his Podcast neighbor. Dave got <laughs> punched in the mouth that. by his neighbor. Let's talk about uh, it. Obviously, his neighbor has been listening to Podcast yes. Dave and said, "You know what? This needs to be done." His his neighbor <laughs> listens to us. His neighbor probably listens to that and how much we want to do it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do this for Josh. Boom. I'm going to do this for John. Boom. I love this neighbor. You know what? I want this guy's number on speed dial. Anytime Dave gets out of hand, hey, will you go next door? Take care of Dave. For I asked podcast Dave. I said, why the hell did he punch you in the mouth? He goes, well, he said I was choking him. I'm like, hold it. What do you mean? He says you were choking. This is what we were drinking. I don't really remember that. <laughs> yeah, I do not. I love it. Podcast Dave posts a, vi uh, a picture of him with, you know, running or well, not running, but like a picture of him after his run. It shows what he ran. And then he's, what'd you say? You said something. What'd you say? Um, I breathe weird. You breathe That's, weird. I, I breathe. said you also run slow, apparently. <laughs> I was like, you obviously run slow, apparently, to these numbers. That's a numbers. good pace. <laughs> eight minutes a mile? About? Eight Come minutes on. a mile for eight five minutes? miles? My son can run eight minutes a mile. He can walk eight minutes a mile. What Dude, are you talking about? For five miles? Come on, man. That's oh, a good eight, pace. Eight, an eight-minute mile is a good pace. That's not bad Thank at you, all, John. Dave. You're who? Welcome. For who? Hey, hey. For who? Hey, excuse me. What is he, a professional runner? No. An eight-minute I mean, mile pace is a good you pace. Listen That's to what Dave, you should be you, running at about. If No, no, it's not. It should oh be like God, below seven. It should be like around seven. Oh, I think a minute's a long time. For five miles? You're yes. right. A minute is no, a long dude. time. What are you talking Especially about? Especially when your neighbor's is punching you in the mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you just got to have your neighbor chase you around. Uh, that would be great. Uh, oh, jeez. I would whoop him I, in a, I would whoop him normally, but in I, what? Well, in obviously Florida. not. In what? You watch too much he's WWE. A, he's, a, he's, like, he's like 45. Not. I have to I have to take it easy with him. Oh, oh, oh I guess gosh. hold it. It's age. That's the reason that Dave would win. He's younger. <laughs> no. That that makes yeah, a we, lot of sense. Yeah, Age that has always had sense. a lot to do with it. Once you get once you get past uh, elementary and kindergarten, kind of changes. Doesn't matter. <laughs> John, John, remember what happened to uh, Nikita? Oh, I'm gonna beat him because I'm younger. Yeah, I'm Marzola younger. Just mopped the floor. <laughs> 
That's what, oh that's no! What that youth will do. That's sometimes. what happens. We have fighters that sit in meetings and say, "You know what? I'm going to win because I'm younger." I'm younger. It doesn't Faster, work that I'm way. Younger. First off, yeah, I mean, you're not you're not impressing anybody with eight minute miles, by the way, because you're younger. <laughs> if you're younger, you should be running faster than eight minute miles, my friend. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, hey, enough of picking on podcast, Dave. We're going to jump into some fights. Let's get into this uh, PFL. I thought overall there were some good fights, you know. Um, I didn't agree with some of the decisions, but overall there were some good fights. Um, John, would, let's, uh, let's, let's go to the, the main event. Let's talk well, we, about the main we event. We had talked first. about Capizola against... Uh, Capizola? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, li- I'm waiting. No, no, go. Capizola. Uh, so- I'm sorry. Cap- Cap- Capaloza against Austin. I mean, Capaloza won their championship last year, and you look and you go, "Yeah." Being the champion, you would think that his opponent would have been a little bit. I don't know. It's it's weird because I don't understand how they come up with their pairings in their uh, system to get into the playoffs and stuff. But if you're the if you're the guy that was a champion, this is the this is a great fight for you to start off with a quick one. He did exactly what we said he was going to do. He walked through him. He just walked through him. Yeah, he just beat him yeah. Down. He's tough, man. He's tough. He's got big shots. He's get once he gets on top, and he's also very heavy with his pressure. And like his he's game, overall, he's good. No, he's good. You know, no, he's not, good. He's aggressive too. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Is it once Austin started moving backwards and getting put on his back foot, he wasn't the same fighter, and that happened within the first. Ten seconds. It was like you already knew that Capilos <laughs> was going to be the one. Are that you was the giving aggressor. him ten seconds there? Yeah, about that. That's how okay. long it takes for them to walk out to the center of the cage. <laughs> he walked out of the center. I'm going backwards. <laughs> yeah, it was. But uh, you know, Austin, but I don't blame he, him. He Capelos, the, the dude is a good stand-up fighter. Yeah. He's got good technique. He moves well. He sets things up. It's so hard to explain to someone what it's like when someone understands movement and footwork and how they continue to put you in a position where you feel like. You can't get your shots off, and they're always a little bit off of that angle that you want them to be at. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain that to people, but that's exactly what he does, and you could see it with Austin. Just wasn't comfortable. No, Capaloza was putting some good pace. He was, let, he was throwing some big heat, which also put him even more nervous, making him on his back foot. Just one of those situations. But once, once the damage was done, he got to the top position, was able to do some work. So, and good stoppage. All right, next. And once once fighters start just covering up, not trying to do anything, just covering. They're like, saying they're, they're saying I'm yeah. going to stay here until you stop the fight because I can't. Yeah. I don't have an answer for this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tap. But the fight that I, but I am. Yeah, the fight that I was looking forward to. There was a couple of them. The ones that I was specifically looking forward to was obviously the Chris Wade and Lance Palmer fight. Yep. Now, Lance's has won it twice before. He didn't win it last year, but I I went through. He didn't some win a fight last saying, year. Yeah, I. How did he get in the how did he get in the tournament? He didn't. He had to have won to get in. He didn't get in the tournament. I thought he did. Go pull up pull up Lance Palmer's uh record last year. Well, excuse me. Pull up his record, not last year. Yeah. No. Oh, so See? Bubba was to get I thought Bubba he was lost in twice. Or maybe maybe to get in was against Bubba. Well, no, that was his first round. He lost to Bubba and then he lost to Mulvid. Who ended up winning the whole thing? So it's not mm-hmm. like he lost to you know bums. No. He fought good fighters, but he didn't even get in the playoffs as they have it. Yeah, it's I won. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. So Bubba was the first round then to get in. Yep, is what you're saying. Yep, got it. All right, so back. So look, 
I thought Lance looked a lot better than he did last year. He had better combinations with Bubba, or not with Bubba, sorry. With Chris. With Chris Wade, with Chris. Chris looked good. The one thing that really drives me crazy, he had a hard time. Lance had a hard time with the takedowns, but he was able to get them. Chris was also able to reverse a couple, you know, was able to reverse. The thing is, though, with Lance, it almost feels like he doesn't want to wrestle too much because he doesn't want to get tired. So the timing's got to be on point. You don't want to get tired against Chris Wade. Wade's got good pressure. He's got heavy hits. He seems kind of big for the weight when I compare him when I see, when you see him in the cage next to each other against Lance. I know Lance's not a big guy, but Lance. Yeah, but just, Wade used to be lightweight. Yeah, that's true. Lance, though, his combinations looked pretty good last night. John landing the straight left, throwing some good stuff, and I, I thought if he'd had a little bit more output, a little bit more confidence, a little more bit more. Yeah, more output, more confidence. I think he would have ended up not stealing the fight, but it was a good it was a good fight. Rounds were close. He could have stole a round, and what happens is that starts to really build on the confidence level. That changes how the fight takes place. Chris just started realizing he's not going to try to wrestle as much. He's not throwing he's throwing ones and twos, maybe a three occasionally, but not really doing a whole lot more than that. Stepping and letting Chris Wade kind of push him backwards from step to step that was kind of the the downfall i think of what lance was going on he just got to have confidence a little bit more confidence in in throwing the big shots throwing in combination and mixing his wrestling and his combinations together a little bit better it was either he was wrestling or he was striking it wasn't the two things together i mean fuck, that guy can fucking wrestle man but this is what we talk about you know when we when we say after after this is over they're going to go back and they're going to watch this and they're going to wish that they put just a little bit more out there. When we say what put a little bit more out there, we're talking about output. Had thrown just a little bit. It's a it's a matter of not waiting for what seems to be that better situation. You just got to start throwing those combinations and putting things out there because eventually, if you put enough out there, they're gonna start to touch your opponent. They're gonna at least make it to where it's difficult for them to be offensive. Output output's a huge part of fighting, man. You take a look at some of the fights that took place, and you can see where output was the difference in who wins the fight. And I think that's what happened with Chris Wade. I mean, that's a big reason why Max is so successful, man. Oh. His output is is unmatched. Pretty Crazy. Much. I mean, the way he, yeah, he just puts out so much that fighters have a hard time keeping pace. And so in that situation, it just he just not enough output. It's, he's like doing just enough. It seems like to get by an inch round. And he's a fucking stud. He can wrestle the shit out of people, oh, but yeah. he's got to start putting it all together a little bit better. Uh, I know he's won it before in the past, but you know, some look your career goes in waves, man. Sometimes you're on, sometimes you're not. You got to build it back up. When you when you take long layoffs, it's like starting over sometimes. So, um, how do you say his name again? Lohane, Lohane. Yeah, yeah they Brendan kept saying Lochnane. They kept saying Lochnane last. He told me Lohane long ago. Lochnane, Lochnane. Anyways, um, look, this was one of those decisions. It was a technical decision. So there was a clash of heads after halfway through the third round. Um, but regardless of the decision, I had uh, Brennan win in the third round. Yeah, so I, I could see the 29-28. But what I didn't have was him winning the fight. But it was a close. It was, it was close. It was a close fight. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue the situation. No I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't. There's no robbery here. Um, but I did have Kudo win in the fight. That's so weird to call someone Kudo. Kudo. What? Kudo. Kudo. <laughs> Kudos to Kudo. you. Yeah. Uh, but I did I did have Kudo win in the fight. He seemed like he was the one that was landing the cleaner shots, the harder shots. 
And um, even though he was kind of a little bit more on the outside, hitting some shots, but I had Kudo win in the I had Kudo win in the fight. He, I thought he won the first two rounds. Now, like I said, close fight. But to me, Kudo was doing a little bit more, um, landing cleaner, harder shots. And so that's why I gave it to him. Look, I like Brandon. We, we talked about him pumping him up before this uh, last week's show. We talked about it leading into this fight. We love watching him fight. I just, I didn't come down to to this and go, hey, yeah, I thought Brennan was was winning the, the rounds dominantly, which yeah. he wasn't. And I didn't have him winning the fight. It was a close fight, though, so I'm not mad at whichever way it goes. You know, so I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes next. Um, the one that shocked me the most, though, was uh, Pahea, or however you want to call his name, Ferreira, Pahea. I think Pahea. They, they were, yeah, they were saying yeah. Pahea. Against so Jones? Pahea on there, though. Because I've I've known Jamil Jones forever because he he wrestled in North Idaho College. He lived up there with Trevor. He was training with Trevor Prangley for a while. He possessed a lot of power. Oh, he's he's explosive double legs. He's a tank. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't a running back in college, you know, for Arizona, I don't know, for LSU or some shit. Mm. (laughs) But he's he's just a, he's like probably what, I mean, maybe 5'6". Everyone's 5'6". He's he's a little little bit more than (laughs) 5'6". He is. He's a little bit bigger than five six, but his legs. You got to talk about tree trunks on his fucking legs. Um, but there was timing a, is was, everything. Yes, it was quick timing up the middle. Everything. Quick up the middle, but then when you're dealing with somebody like Fahir, uh the 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 length. What is he? He's like six eight, six seven, six, six eight, six or something. Yeah, he's tall as hell. I was like, I was like, oh, maybe because Jones is small. No, no, no. This guy is tall. Oh, so six, tall, eight. tall is he? Six eight. Six eight. Yeah, he seemed like it. Seemed like problem. a big ass dude. Who else was that? Remember Gam McGee was what? 6'10 or 6'8? No, Gam McGee was 6'11. Jeez. Yeah, Gam McGee was semi show semi show was 7'2. No, he's about no. 7, 6'11, 7 foot. Buzzy. Yeah. And then there was and then Tim Sylvia was what? Tim Sylvia was 6'6. 6'8. Six, 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 eight. Eight. Yeah, he was 6'8 also. Jeez, man. Yeah. Monsters. Jeez. That's <laughs> insane. This guy's right up there with them. And so, anyways, there was a quick little push kick up the middle, didn't land, and then uh, Jones stepped back. And then you could tell he was lowering his level. He got uncomfortable with that long reach. Yeah. Stepped back, lowered the level, and then shot in. And then he threw the push kick up the middle again. It was like a snapping little front kick. And Jones ran right into the shin, and it was over. He just jumped on him, put him to sleep. Yeah. He was still kind of there. Jones was still kind of there, like fishing for the leg. A couple shots, boom, 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 to the side, yeah. all done. All said and done. The other fight, though, John, was the Bubba Jenkins fight. The The rest of them, I was like, okay. And then the Marais fight was pretty good as well. But the Bubba Jenkins fight, because we were really interested on how much he had progressed last year yeah. from the year before. And he's now this great. year, though, he's looking good. He's looking good. Combinations are coming out more fluidy. He's looking a lot stronger on his feet. I mean, overall, I mean, I think... I've I've said this. I think I really think he's got a chance to make a run. The thing is, I feel like after last year, he kind of got over that hump where he beat Lance. Yeah, but then that's like okay, I I crushed that mountain. You got to keep crushing that, though. That's yeah, you got to keep going. It, they don't stop. Yep. You know, like especially when you're when you're in that when you're in that bracket, when you're in that that tournament style bracket. The next guy is going to be harder. He's at a better he's at a better point in his game right now than the guy after that's going to be even harder. So he's got his work cut out for him because the the division he's in is stacked. He's got Lance, he's got Wade, he's got Movlid. He's got some good, good fighters that are in there that he's going to have to deal with. Yes, he does. And being a one-eyed fighter is not an easy thing. And he was a one-eyed fighter in that fight. But 
Look at Bosniak is good. Bubba Jenkins tough as hell came out there. Look, he's a he's a problem based upon his wrestling for everyone, but he can't rely too much on it. He's going to have to be in that position where he's a stand-up fighter at times. Pull people in, use your hands to get to the takedown. If he does that, because if there's one thing that we see with Bubba is he does tend to slow down. If he has to wrestle a lot, his, he, yeah. he slows down. And so he's just got to be in that position where his takedowns are not sapping his energy. He's getting the takedown based upon his timing, doing things at the right time. It's not hard for him. and Because once he's on top, the dude's a beast. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code WayneIn and MyBookie.ag will give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial deposit. Your very first initial deposit. And guess what? This week coming up, this weekend I should say coming up, you've got Justin Gaethje fighting Charles Oliveira. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code WayneIn. Use that QR code right there. We're going to help walk you through it on our midweek show on every single fight and which ones you guys should probably put some money down on, which ones you should maybe avoid and how you can make money in the over and the under and all the ways that we can help you become rich like Big John. Okay, go to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code weighing in. All right, well, now we're going to make the change over to the UFC and we're going to talk about, man, the main event was fire. But John, first I got to mention, for those of you guys who were listening to us a second ago because we were actually stopping to say like, hey, I was like, John, what's that noise? Remember, I told you guys, John's moving into a tin can. That is rain in Tennessee. <laughs> that was the noise of rain in Tennessee. It was like, I, I thought there was static in, in it or something was going on with the Wi-Fi. I'm like, what's going on over there? I'm like, John, what's that noise? He's like, that's the rain. <laughs> Dude, well, it, 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 it's funny because you live in different parts of the country. It's like yep. when you live in California, they go, oh, it's raining. No, that's no, not man. fucking rain. That's fucking sprinkles. When you want to know what rain's like, come on, baby. I mean, because it comes down in sheets. And it's like, when it, it's like, you go, oh, man, I hope this building stays up. <laughs> uh, so I have friends that live in Dallas. That, it rains <laughs> so, hard at times, too. <clears throat> I have friends that live in Dallas. And, uh, and I have a place there. And so they send me videos of the hail ball. And the oh, hails are like, oh, the yeah, balls like are like probably the size of a balls. golf ball. Yeah. You know, some of them are like oval shape as well. They can be as, yeah, they're pretty big. So it's funny that, um, and they're like, yeah, cars have to pull over because if you keep driving, oh, yeah, it dents yeah. your car. Oh, yeah. They're like, yeah, we pull over, we try, and there's no overpasses there in, da in the northern Dallas area. So everyone's kind of like trying to pull under a tree. They're trying to find a place. To block, so they, yeah. block it a little bit. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, John. We'll take us away on the uh, on the UFC card. Let's, let's go. Rob let's start and Marlon Marais. Like you said, let's, let's start Vera. from the top because Cheeto Vera against Rob Font. Man, what a fight they put on! What a, what a go as far as looking at uh, Rob Font came out. He was looking good, and you know he was landing that jab, and he was establishing. And you saw he had Vera, who likes to come forward. He had him actually on his back foot, having to circle out a lot. But you could see something in there that Vera was like, it's all right. And that's, we talk about it all the time. You don't have to win every minute of the fight. You have to win the fight. And that is exactly what Cheeto Vera did. Because here's the difference when a lot of people are like, yeah, but Rob Font, he, he landed more shots. He landed more volume. But first round, Rob Font wins. Go to the second. He's winning it. 
until Cheeto Vera hurts him. Yep. Cheeto Vera it comes in a position where he has the ability to possibly end the fight. That's why the judge is going to go in that direction. And he did it in every round from that first round on. He hurt him in the second round. He hurt him in the third round. He hurt him in the fourth round. And he even hurt him in the last round, the fifth round. Look at this is, and this is, understand people, when we talk about fights and we say those significant strike numbers that the UFC puts up there, okay, that's fine. They can put them up there. I want you to see what a significant strike is because take a look at Cheeto Vera and look at him at the end of that fight and look at Rob Font. Rob Font had more strikes landed, more significant strikes, and he got fucked up by Cheeto Vera, who landed the bigger, heavier strikes, and that's why that's what the judges go with. That's what counts in fighting. It's not a game of tag. I tagged you more than you tagged me. That that Therefore, I win. This is the perfect fight to demonstrate that. Cheeto Vera was on point in this fight. He landed the big shots. He always put it in a position where he had a chance to possibly end the fight. Rob Font, tough as hell. I'd say nothing, you know, in any way to, say, you know, put him, you know, in a position where, oh, man, you should have done better. Dude, he was fighting his ass off. Man, you got to, yep. you take a look at that man. He He's a different looking individual at the end of that. That that dude was in pain from the second round on. I mean pain. And he kept going out there and kept putting it on as good as he could. It's just, look at Cheeto Vera right now. He's in a rhythm. He's in a flow. And he believes. He does believe, and you know we yeah. talk about it all the time, Josh. Confidence, he's got it, and he is there to just to whip your ass, no matter how he does. The one thing that I was surprised with, I actually thought that he would at times look to take Font down. He's got a good grappling game. He didn't do it at all. Font I mean, trying to take him down. Yeah, I mean, and it was like even when he hurt. Font, you know, and had had him down on his back, you know, just sat there and kicked at his legs at times. You know, obviously when he hurt him and it was near the end of the round, he went down and, you know, tried to ground and pound. But I was surprised that his game plan was, I'm going to keep this on the feet as much as I can. I'm not going to try to take him down. I think I can beat him on the feet. That's not normally the game plan that you're going to have going against Rob Font. Yeah. What I saw, John, was here's the thing. Young fighters, be very cautious about the way that Cheeto fought because he was losing the fight oh, up yeah. until the very end of almost every round. He yep. lost the first round. He was losing convincingly the second round, and then he rocked him and hurt him at the end. Yep. Then in the third, same thing same going thing. on, and then he rocked him and hurt him again. That's not a way to always win fights. Output is normally the way you win fights. You know, in term, like we just talked about it from the PFL. You have to have more output. Lance Palmer needed to have more output if he was going to win the fight. Max Holloway has made a career out of having more output because that's what he does. He touches you and touches you. Nick and Nate Diaz, that was their game plan, was to barely touch you, barely touch you. And then when they hurt you a little bit, then they would ramp it up. They would try to knock you out. In this situation, Rob Font was winning three and a half to almost four minutes of every round. And then he got rocked. And then he got dropped. Then he got almost to the point of a stoppage. I mean, as soon as he hit the ground, I can't remember what round it was. Might have been in round three. When he got dropped and he went down, Cheeto jumped on him with some nasty elbows. That was third and Cheeto round. was throwing the heat. I mean, certain like for myself, I was never really great at elbowing. Sure, I could like put post my hand down and elbow you. 
but I was never like someone that could posture up and drop my weight down on you because I was a beanpole. So I didn't have a lot of weight to go down on. But it just, my elbows were never that great. I knew that. So I didn't throw him a lot. This guy, he's, he looks like he's trying to take your head off. Dude, like even he, in the stand-up, even in the stand-up, his elbows are sharp. It was nasty. I'm watching him throw these, John. I'm like, holy shit. Like, it seems like he's got not just his weight behind it, but just the power of the elbow, the form. Looks like he's trying to chop your head off. Yeah. And he had some nasty elbows in one of those times when he got dropped. But like you said, for a young fighter, be cautious because the rounds can slip away if you keep thinking you can get that shot. Cheeto was able to keep rocking it. Maybe he saw something in, in Rob's defense to be able to exploit it every single time he saw what rob was doing most fighters know though too that rob's mainly a boxer he's got good kicks he's talented as well he's one of the he is a very well-rounded fighter doesn't get the credit he deserves in terms of the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu as well he's good he's no slouch and so when it i mean no slouch on the ground in the wrestling area either what i mean and we all know he's good on the feet with his boxing is on point Maybe go into the body a little bit more to keep Chito a little bit more loyal. Uh, but look, when you're dealing with someone who kicks a lot, the kicks up the middle, the different styles of kicks yeah. is really, really what makes it ch- what made the change in this fight. It wasn't just the push kick up the middle. It wasn't just the spinning back kick in the second round. You started kind of to see the very first spinning back kick, I think, in, in the second round. You started kind of to see that Chito felt a little bit more comfortable after that because Rob was walking him down and then... Chito hit that spinning back kick right to the gut, and then Rob started backing away. And when he started backing away, Chito's like, hurt. all right. He's like, all right, I got you, buddy. I got you. And then he lost and Then he lost the next minute and a half or two minutes of the round. Yep. But then, he, but he was still able to kind of push Rob around a little bit, and then Rob started pushing back and landing some good shots, and then boom, he hits him and rocks him again at the end of the second round. That, to me, is what stole the round. And that was the story of the fight. Yeah. Almost the whole fight, John. Yeah. I mean, not to take anything away from, from Rob Fontman. He fought his fucking oh, he ass, fought his off. ass off. And I was, I was really, and I even talked about this last week, I was concerned. I was concerned on if he, how he was going to come in. His last, the fight before this, I mean, he got pieced up. Yeah. You know, his, the, he, his, with the calf kick was there, all the other stuff. He was, he took some big shots. I was concerned for him coming into this fight. He, that fight didn't even seem like it bothered him anymore. He came in, great game plan, first round. He ran away with the first round. He was running away with the second round. He looked fabulous, man. He looked good. Just Cheeto was on a different level. At the end of every round, he was there. And you know what makes me nervous for him, not for, for Cheeto, but for that weight class? Tito's going to be there in the fourth and the fifth, like not even tired. Oh. He came back after the fourth round and the fifth round. And he was like, yeah, give me some more. I was like, holy shit. This kid's got a gas tank. And he's a goer, man. He's a goer. No doubt about it. I think it was John put something. I think he's getting tired. I go, nope. <laughs> no, he's not getting tired. <laughs> not even close. I was like, man, no, he, dude, he's just, he is on a... You you talk about driving down the freeway and you set that cruise control. He was in cruise control as far as and you watch. I mean, even just think of it. Jason Herzog is trying to push him back because he's he's trying to come back. When you're tired, you're not you're not sitting there trying no. to push like that. It doesn't happen, man. He was just <sighs> Cheeto's got that that thing now where he believes that he can beat everyone. He believes in the system that he's using. He believes in his coach. He believes in all of it. And, man, that is so 
huge for a fighter. It's hard to explain how important all of that is, but it is key to being that guy that can fight for the title and win that title. And I'm telling you right now, no one is going to want to have Cheeto Vera standing across from him in that cage as far as, oh, this is going to be an easy fight. They all know oh, this is going to be fucking brutal because that's what he brings. That calf kick that he was hitting, fought with, it had an effect. He, I mean, he was yeah. knocking him off balance every time. Some of them were hard, hard yeah. kicks, and the hard kicks to the body and all of that. Just a, a beautiful overall performance. You're right about be careful of, you know, thinking that, hey, I can steal this round, but he did every time, you know. But, yeah, you're right for most fighters. That's not the way to game plan, and I'm not sure that he game planned that way. <laughs> But man, it was working. Whatever he was, whatever he decided to do, he was doing it. Well, Rob was hitting. What I liked was Rob was also hitting that uppercut really well. Yeah. And the one thing that Cheeto didn't, we didn't give any credit for yet, is fuck, he's got a chin. Oh yeah, Cheeto's got a chin. Oh yeah, because you, he took some big shots. He, there was a mark on him, John. Well, it's funny because he was he was getting a little marked up. If you if you watch the fight first round, he's got some redness around his face where he took a couple of shots and couple of them were the uppercuts. The jab was getting to him. The uppercut was hitting him. And as the fight went on, the uppercut didn't hit him as much. And yeah. he just blended <clears throat> out. And it's like, at the end of it, it looked like, man, he doesn't have a mark on him, man. It's crazy as far as, because Rob was touching him. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. it. You look at that significant strike stat, and yeah, it's, you know, he was getting hit. But he wasn't getting hit with the same things that he was hitting fought with. And you, I mean, the damage. You talked about that one elbow at the end of the round. You saw the goose egg that it freaking, yeah. that one elbow. So, you know, he started, we talk about lumps. He had some lumps on him, man. He was not looking good. I, I guarantee you today, Rob Font is not looking pretty. You know, it's, it's, it's a nasty look. Yeah. So I guess, like, if you guys are listening to us, the takeaway is that, look, when you guys come to us, and because I read the comments, John doesn't. <clears throat> When you guys come to us in the comments, you guys are you guys are so stupid. You guys are so biased that the copy bike, the copy strikes numbers or he, significant strike numbers they don't mean shit. Nothing. It really they don't mean they shit. They can like they, look at they can, they can. That's true. If both of them are just doing volume striking and no one gets hurt, yeah, they'll, they'll make a difference. Mm -hmm. But this is the perfect example of a fight where I've got one fighter who's landing with more volume. And I've got a fighter that's landing with heavy strikes that are damaging. And, and, you know, this is where, you know, at the end of the end of the fight, even if you hadn't watched that fight, take a picture of both guys. Who do you think people are going to say who won the fight? Yeah. You know, Nick Diaz had a fight with uh, Scott Smith long ago. He was in strike force. I think he landed over 400 or threw over 400 strikes, landed over 200 and some. And, and he actually got rid of him. It didn't go the, the distance. And you look and you go, that's volume striking, but it's also at the end of it, damaging strikes. So yeah, he wins the volume and he won the damage at the end. But if Scott Smith is hurting Nick Diaz in that fight to where he's almost putting him out of the fight, doesn't matter how many volume strikes Nick throws, those damaging strikes are what the, the judges are going to give credit to because fight-ending sequences, that's what they're looking for. And when you see Vera hurting Font, Font, you know, getting the you know, stanky leg at times, getting hurt, going down, that's a fight-ending sequence. That's the most important thing you can do in the fight. That's what he was doing. 
Yeah, the the facial stuff doesn't doesn't always paint the picture either. You go back no, and not look at the Dan the Dan Henderson versus the Bisbing fight. Yep. You know, Bisbing looked like a well a for two ball. rounds. Yeah, that the the picture was painted. Then there was three yeah. rounds of Dan being tired. And it, you know, yep. it is what it is. Yeah, um, but overall, like I gotta say, I gotta be honest. It was probably one of the best fights I've seen in a long time. We've had some good fights. Don't get me wrong. We've had yeah. a lot of good fights, but to sit and watch these two guys play it out, and and Rob winning every minute of every round except for the last you know minute, last thirty seconds, yep. last forty five seconds, whatever. I think the in rounds two and three. He didn't rock him until like 30 seconds left in the round. Yeah, 35, 40 seconds. Yeah, right. even yeah. less, I think. Yeah. So for young fighters, don't bank on that. Just Cheetah was on point, and it was in his favor that night. So yeah. be cautious. Now, here's another fight, John, with Andre Arlovsky getting his, what, 23rd win? Yeah. So he's tied for the most wins, I think, in the, in in the, the UFC, UFC, which is crazy. He's been fighting a long time. And I'm surprised that him, Donald, and Jim, right? All three of them, Jim Miller? Yep. They're the three that have the most wins. Yep. I'm surprised that that's all they have. I don't get me wrong. It's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I'm not trying to say really. I'm in no way. And in no way am I because they have fought so much. You know, I mean, think about it. you said the other day, Andre Olovsky was what you his fight was in what UFC 32, 28, 28 to just 23 wins. Like, <laughs> well, he left. I want you to think that's about this. True. Andre was actually out of the UFC. You know, he true. went to a he went to affliction, did World Series of Fighting, did Strike Force, did all these different you know organizations also. So he was gone for, I want to say seven, maybe seven years, six seven years. Was he in Strike Force? Yeah, he fought in the fucking. Remember when they had the tournament that Cormier won? He was in that bad boy. He was. I believe so. I don't think so. I think he was. I think he was. In, he was in the World Series of Fighting. Go at the time. back. Let's see. Two thousand ten. Oh, wow. Strike Force, Antonio Silva. Wow. Strike Force, Sergey Karatanov. I don't remember that. You are just horrible. It didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't <laughs> happen. Those people it are lying. Happen. Fucking crazy, man. Yeah, dude, he's, I history. mean, everywhere. Brett Rogers. Wow. Look at that. Boom, boom, Jeez, boom. Jeez, man. Jeez. You know, 1FC. Oh, yeah. You remember when he fought uh, Tim Sylvia in 1FC? And he landed no, the kick. I don't kick. remember. You don't remember that? He landed the kick on Tim when he was down, and then they they somehow said, oh, yeah, but that was illegal. What do you mean? You guys allow that? <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I guess um, not in that yeah. fight they didn't. <laughs> well, they did want us, when I was working with them over there, they wanted us to stop calling it being soccer kicked to the head. Yeah. Yeah, they said no, you can't you can't say that anymore. We had to call it we had to call it a technical head kick. Okay. Like that. So they were they're making the adjustments. Um well, I didn't I, agree with the decision though. I I, I like how people say cuz they'll get in. I thought soccer kicks are illegal. What are you talking about? Soccer kick. You know, someone gets kicked to the body on the ground. I don't give a shit what mm -hmm. kind of kick they do as long as it's not a stomp, it's legal. You know? You want to call it a soccer yeah. kick? Soccer kicks to the body on the ground, they're legal. So it's funny when people go, I got a soccer kick. You can't do it any time. Yes, you can. I have a question. Can yeah. I stomp your thigh? Like no. when you're on the ground, can Negative. I stomp your thigh? Negative. No? no, in fact, you kind of saw that with Jason Herzog yes. in that Rob Font, Cheeto Vera, because Cheeto started doing it. He says, don't stomp because a grounded fighter 
Or once the fighter's on the ground, you cannot even stomp their foot now. Stomps to a grounded fighter are illegal. You can't even can't even do their foot. Can't That's even do their hand. Rule. That's like now I want that rule changed just like this fucking twelve to six elbow. That's <laughs> stupid too. I want those two rules. I like I understand not st- I think you should be able to stomp the feet and the legs. You can't stomp maybe not the guts and the body and the head. I get oh, that. Oh now now you're gonna break but, the the body into quarters. Come on, what are you doing? You can't do that. Yeah. If you want to say I actually, that, I actually don't mind if I stomp the hands and the and I, as long as I don't stomp the head, I should be able to stomp from the neck down. You you remember with uh, Sakuraba used to do the Mongolian stomp? We used to call it. Yeah, where he where jumped up. He in would the air. jump up. That's what they did. Yeah. they didn't want that. They were like, oh, we, no. We but you know who you know who did it the best though? Not the Mongolian jump thing, but it was Shogun. Shogun's oh, yeah. the guy that Shogun used to remember. He used to grab the, the ankles and then stomp between yep. the legs. Yep. Or he'd, he'd stomp like the head between the legs. Yeah. He was a nasty fucking fighter in pride, man. He was. He was nasty. Him and his brother both, they were some of the most vicious motherfuckers in the world. Yep. <laughs> they were nasty, John. Yep. They came up with some of the just nastiest stuff. They just it bugged the shit out of me going, man, I can't imagine grabbing someone and just like sliding my leg between their fucking legs and just stomping their face like from the chin. <laughs> they would slide it up and so the, the heel would hit the person in the chin. Like almost decapitate them. They look like little fucking choir boys. But then you see them, like you see them fight, you're like, Yeah, you're not the kid I thought you were. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're awesome. That was the best part of Vanderlei. He never looked like a choir boy. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I loved Shogun, man. I loved watching him fight. He was I think he was probably my favorite fighter in Pride for a long yeah, he was, time. He was fun to you watch. Know? And then he came to the UFC and even when he even I know he won the title and stuff, he still wasn't the same fighter. No, wasn't the same. Never had, the same. Yeah, he wasn't the he was never the same. Yeah. He was kind of starting to have a little bit of a downslope in Pride also. You remember his first fight to... in the UFC? See? Was it Fort? It was Forrest. Who, who was it? It was Forrest. UFC 76. Yes. Yeah. He lost. He lost to Forrest Griffin. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's what happens, though. Remember? We talk about it all the time. Fighters that come to new promotions, they yeah. don't feel like home yet. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel right. You know, unless you and somebody else are both kind of having your first fight, it's like, okay, we're both, you know, but if you're fighting someone who's been there for a while, like Shogun, or if you're a veteran coming to a new promotion that you've watched these guys fight before, but you're not part of that clique. It feels a little weird, man. Like yeah. when I went to when I went to Bellator, I was like, it felt kind of weird fighting guys that had fought there. It felt kind of like these guys, you know, like with Chandler and Pat- I was supposed to fight Chandler. I was supposed to fight. Pa- I did fight Patricky, but it's like you still felt like a visitor, yeah. Even though you know, like it's like I knew everyone that worked there. They all worked for Strike Force. <laughs> you know what I mean, I knew everyone, but it was like sure, it felt it felt a little bit like home, but it didn't feel like home when it came to the fights. Yeah. So it was a little weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean now it's obviously home, home, home. <laughs> so a little more. Home. Um, all right, look, I didn't agree with the Andre Arlovski. We went off on a little tangent there, John. I didn't uh, either, and I, I wanted Andre to win. Yeah, because I too. love Andre. He's a great guy. I thought Jake Collier actually won the fight, but you know, it it, it wasn't. I thought Jake landed the better shots. There, and this is the difference. Andre, the Andre Arlovski of today doesn't really throw with a ton of power. He throws a lot of volume. He he tries to touch you and s- skip out, reset, come back and do it again. Touch you, skip out, reset, come back and do it again. Collier was putting enough pressure that Ron- Andre was having a little bit of problem with you know what he wanted to do. And there were times when Andre you know t- 
touched Collier really well. I just thought that overall Collier had the better instant. I thought it was a close fight. I had a 29-28. I thought Andre won uh, one of the rounds, but I actually had Collier winning, but it's okay. You know, that I'm, I'm happy for Andre, but yep. Collier fought a good fight. He fought a smart fight. Yeah. I thought overall no. really did well. Yeah, I thought he fought a very smart fight. He landed some good shots. I mean, the two of them had some good exchanges. It was the wrestling that kind of, kind of, the the press against the fence, the control. That kind of what made me feel like he won the. He was winning some of the exchanges too. I didn't agree yeah. with the decision. Like I said, though, I'm happy for Andre. He's you know he's tied now with uh, Cowboy and Jim Miller and, and those guys. But what's very impressive is that he did it after being away for so long. Like you said, he fought in strike force, yep. fought in affliction, fought in one, fought you know, fought all these other places, fought in World Series of Fighting. And then Dave, look, look up, look up the, the time that he left the UFC and came back. See what that was. Yeah. It is it is impressive when you take a look and it's impressive. He's forty three years of age. Yeah. Now what now he's on a what two thousand eight. Six six and one. When did he when did he come back to no, the no. UFC? When when did he leave? He left in 2008. He left in 2008. Okay, and yep. when did so he come when back? When did he come back? He came back in uh, 2014. Jeez, that's a long time. Six years. Yeah. Fought Sean. Good job on the math there, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, this is. But you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a hater. The lighter guys, it's harder for them to do it to do 23 fights like this and get wins, you know, because speed kills and they start to slow down you find out they start losing. Yep. Heavyweights can get away with it. They can fight longer, but regardless, 23 is a lot, John. <laughs> 23 is a lot. It's a lot. You know, he's so had, he, good stuff the, on him, man. The, you know, the whole thing is, you know, he's, he says he's looking for another title shot, you know, and things like that. And you go, I just don't see that happening. That, that's, nah. that's not, that's not in just the keep, equation. But I have no problem if you want to continue to fight and you're winning, go ahead. But I, I don't think that the title is part of what is in Andre's future. But, you know, if that's what he's trying for, good for him. I hope I hope, he, I hope he makes it. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, this young kid, man, Brito, Ooh. is he's a stud. Boy, he throws some heat, man. Does he not? Yep. He you was know who else throws some heat? Sizzle. This this other guy, Gabriel Green, down at the bottom, he throws a lot of heat too. Oh yeah, I'm not Gabe Green. We'll talk forever. about we'll we'll talk about Brito first, but I mean, man, I was I wanted to see more because this this fight seemed like it was going to be good after they got past the first little introductions of some first exchanges. I just wanted to see more. This this was one of those fights like this this could be fight of the night for sure. Let's get after it. I want to see it, and ah, it ended quick. But this nature of the beast. Yeah, you know, it's a, this is one of those. Look, Andre Feely, that's touchy. He touches people with a lot of shots. He just, man, Brito was throwing heat, and that one hit him, kind of clubbed like him Dave, behind. Like Dave's neighbor. Yeah, like clubbed, Dave's clubbed neighbor him behind him. The, the ear a little it. bit. He went down, and you look, and you go, shit happens, man. It's not, you know, it's not that he, it's too early in the fight. For it to say, oh, you know, he was going to get, you know, run over by him. You, you don't know what was going to happen. He just yeah. got hit. And it happens. That's part of fighting. Ch chalk it up to, well, wasn't my night. Let's come back and do it again. But Brito, oh, power. 
Yeah, he's got power. I mean, there's not much to talk about. It's 41 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he landed a clean shot, followed up with some big shots. Ref stoppage. Nice work. Grant um, Dawson against Jared Gordon. I was very impressed with Grant. Now, and I, he said something that's actually true. Very under uh, underrated for the weight class as far as what he's done. He had the one fight. Do me a favor. Uh, look up Grant Dawson's record. He because they you know, they kept on saying oh he's undefeated since this, he is but he had a draw and hold on yeah against Ricky Glenn and that was the fight so he's still undefeated John yeah that was the fight that <laughs> that was a majority draw and that was the one he won the first two rounds and then he was getting beat up in the third and then he was in a Dars choke and if that if it had not rung the bell he was going to end up going out. So that was very close to losing. He didn't. He got the draw. But you take a look, and, man, he really, in my opinion, because Jared Gordon's a good fighter. He's a, yeah. he's a you know, very well-rounded. Man, Grant Dawson, the way he took the back on him multiple times and controlled the position, just beautifully done. I thought he, I thought he was doing really well when he was working with uh, James Krause at Glory. He looks even better right now, and sometimes you need that change to elevate your game. Now, right? Uh, Sanford. <coughs> oh, sorry. Sanford. Oh, no, 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 no. You're right. No, no. Sorry. No, ATT. ATT. You're right. Mike Brown. Yeah. And sometimes you need that change to make it to where, you know, things get just click in a little bit more, and it, it really seems like it has. He looked good. He takes a lot of shots at times. You know, he gets he he'll take those shots, but he's tough as hell, man, and he's technically really good and his his ground attack was very nice and the way he got the choke at the end beautifully done beautifully done man can i ask you this where did he wrestle at because he's got pretty good wrestling i don't know <clears throat> i don't you're Dude, right you he look does that up yeah his wrestling is pretty good he yeah. was making some great transitions went from the went from the the body lock dropped down the legs Turned the leg a little bit and then re restructured, kept his feet moving, drove him back to the fence. He did some really good stuff and some nice work in the transitions. So, so um, the can top team. <clears throat> no, yeah, I know. we, we know that. Wrestle. See if you see if you can look up. See if this he is wrestled when you know Dave way. hasn't been listening to what we're talking about. We just said he's from American Top Team. <laughs> That's all right. He's I know, like, but he, what, if it if it doesn't, wrestle? the Grand problem Austin for Dave wrestling. if it doesn't say it on Sure Dog, he doesn't know where to go. <laughs> He's so lost. Uh, He's so lost. I love there it. you Did go. Say where he wrestled. Why don't you look it up while we uh, finish talking about it? <laughs> um, I thought he looked good, and then but look, Darren Elkins as well. Same type of game plan. Ah, <clears throat> big shots come in, wrestle, control, hooks, back, mount. He was all over his opponent. Man, Tristan Connolly is a dynamite grappler. I'm just telling you. Yeah. All right, the guy's really good. And Darren Elkins showed how good he is in taking his back multiple times. Darren Elkins is just that guy. <laughs> just look at him and you go, man, you, I cringe every time you fight because I know that I know that you know there's gonna be damage. I don't I don't know any other way to say it. He's got it tattooed across his chest. It's his name. There's gonna be damage, and it's gonna be not only damage to your opponent. It's gonna be damage to you at times. And he had those moments. He took some – the dude's got a chin because yeah. he took some clean shots and just took a step and walked right back in. And you just look and you go, God damn, Darren Elkins may not have the athletic 
you know, ability of some other guys might not have quite the speed and all that stuff. Maybe not be as strong. You talk about a tenacious, just, you know, there's a badger in him, man. There's that, he just will not stop. He just keeps coming. Because Tristan Conley was in shape, ready to go with him, and figuring that he could, on the ground, he would be able to catch him, get him. Wasn't there for him. And, man, you know, really just a, a beautiful exhibition by Darren Elkins in using a ground game to attack someone that is a ground fighter, putting shots on him at times, you know, and going right back to what is your bread and butter. And, man, when he got the back, he, he took it beautifully the transitions that he made dude slick you know what i was impressed with because grant dawson and darren elkins they have that pressure 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 yeah jared gordon and Connolly both came in ready to go the distance yes. understanding understanding that that's the kind of fighter they were fighting yep. they looked in great shape jared gordon up until the point where he got his back taken and he got choked he was coming. He started landing some clean shots right before yeah, that yeah. all happened. Yeah, he was having some good exchanges on the feet. He looked pretty good in that third round. I was like, "Wow, this guy's still got some pop." You know, uh, Dawson was having a harder time getting him down a little bit. There was a little bit of a struggle. Then he got he got the takedown, gets to the back. But the Tristan Connolly, same thing. Still was fighting hard all the way up to the very end. That that makes you know like they're they they understand what it takes, and they just got to go back to the drawing board, make some improvements. And come back with a better game plan. That's really what it comes down to. But they they still, the hardest part I feel for fighters is to understand that, um, especially for young fighters, that if you think you're doing enough cardio, you're not. If you think you're doing your cardio hard enough, you're not. Do it harder. Do more of it. Focus on that because your mindset will open up and your your availability, your your brain will absorb a lot more knowledge throughout training because you're fresh but josh Your i've been running five miles at eight minutes a mile yeah that's not gonna cut it buddy <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna cut it okay uh, i don't think i've ran an eight minute mile since i was like fourth grade maybe are you like grade. nine ten yeah let me tell I you mean, something i've been dave i don't I'm, think i've ever ran anything dave i'm being honest minutes. i used to have to run for a qualification i had to run an eight minute mile and that would kill me i hated running so eight minutes. It, that's that's. Great. I haven't ran even now. Even now, I run under a seven minute mile. Yeah, even, even now. now. Yeah, right. Bro, I fucking smash it. Swear I, to you. I want to. I want to see your five. I want to see your five mile no run problem. recorded. I want to see under, your five mile. under seven. Bro, you're eight. You're you're saying five miles eight minutes. That's ridiculous. That's like my <laughs> my aunts and uncles run that shit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So how much do you bench press? And <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> That's different. No, it's hey, a, you're not comparing it's apples it's to it's apples, it's buddy. It's apples to apples, man. No, it's all no, about working no, no, no. out. See, this is John trying to change the rules again midway through. <laughs> this is John perfectly. Dude, I'm the first person to put my yeah, hand up man. and say, I swear to God, I hate running. Oh, <laughs> man. Hated it my See, whole life. Every time, Horrible. Every time John tries to change the rules like this as we're going, I want to dick punch him. <laughs> 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 Uh, I'm just gonna start calling podcast Dave's neighbor to fucking punch him in the mouth. Now I have a problem. <laughs> Tanya, Tanya, let me. Hey, yo, Tanya, you want you give me that that guy's name so I can give him a call every time. Uh, oh, all right. Uh, so hold on, Dave. Did you ever come here. up with where Grant Dawson wrestled? Yeah. So it just says high. He wrestled in high school and finished at forty, a record of forty and eight. 
Okay. No. In Nebraska. Wrestler, he's just using, he's Nebraska. Just using it well. Well, Nebraska. Corfed. Corfed, Nebraska. That's it. That's it. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Jotko or whatever, he looked pretty good. Uh, Merchard had no answers. No. He was Merchard was even getting taken down. It was, it was third was, round, man. Jotko went to that yeah. takedown. You yeah. know, and you look, you go, where's the one place you don't want to be with Merchard? But he was already beat up. He's tired. Yeah, he's done. He was you tired. Uh, Romanoff, I, I can't tell if he's the real deal or not. Sherman didn't give him anything to to worry about. Uh, we, we said he that looks before. Like he's a stud. We said I what was going to happen in that one. What's he, 16 and 0? Romanoff's yep. what, 16 and 0 now? Yep. He's the real Good deal. Good uh, he's, he's that hybrid. He's not that monster. No. You know, you're talking about a 240 pound guy. So. Yeah. We've, I've conti- we've continued to say this for the longest time. Those fighters, like Cain Velasquez was 238 when he was ready to fight. DC, when he didn't blow up, should have been 240. Yeah, 238 to 242 is what he liked. Um, a lot of fighters, uh, what's called Stipe, came back. After he lost to DC, he came back, and he was back down to two, like 228, 232. Yeah, somewhere in there. So these guys, uh, Moldovsky, Ryan Bader, uh, certain fighters, they're better at that, that smaller weight. Uh, what's his name? Linton Vassell. After going... He's got tired of cutting weight to get two hundred five. He looks really good right now at heavyweight. Yeah, and then so, you know, you take a look. He went way big. You know, went up into yeah. the two fifties, and then decided, nah, it's too much weight nah. to carry. He's somewhere in the two forties, dude. Yep. You know, the guy's got a gas tank, and he's strong as hell. So, got it. Um, Figgy's brother. So Francisco that was Figueroa. Fast. Yeah, he looked good. Nice that, transition. That was a nice slick, smooth. very slick. He transitioned into that very well. Anytime someone starts to roll over, if you start to come underneath, they try to keep their legs kind of tucked tight. He didn't keep his legs tucked tucked tight, nope. and then Figgy, Figgy's brother grabbed, grabbed it, it, pulled it in. I liked how he latched on too, because he grabbed right behind the heel, which makes it a little bit easier to grab. So he goes, he went calf, and then he kind of worked his way up to the heel right away with the extension, and he continued the roll as he continued the roll. Then he extended the leg, nicely done, nicely done. Um, I okay, just in all fairness, I didn't see the first two fights. I was driving. And uh, it, I was trying to watch the fights. And well, let's talk about time. Gabe Green. You started to bring him he up against Lene's. Looking good. Yeah, he looked I, good. I mean, I'm very happy for Gabe. Gabriel Green is a good, tough fighter. You know, came up in Southern California area. He trains with uh, Tracy Hess at Sub Fighters, and uh, he's just he's fighting his style. He's taking his time in the fights. He pressed a little too hard when he first came into the UFC, and you can see that, you know, mm-hmm. made a difference that when he started just relax. Again, you don't have to win every second of the fight. You just have to win the fight. And he got face planted, though, John. Dude, he did. He got hit with that one and dropped over. I went, oh! And oh, this shit's over. He did a nice job of recovering, yeah. brought himself back. And look at he broke Linnae's. You could see. Yeah. Linnae started to get tired. And as the pressure started to build quickly fell off of the cliff and uh this is one of those ones I mean, when you're tired man it's there's not much you can do because it's a, this is what you're talking about hey you you think you do enough you can do more and you can do is, more this is it this well is here fight. there's i say stay i say like you look at guys like gsp he's got so many tools in his box because he's someone that doesn't really doesn't take any time off Yep. Even what is he now? Like 42, 43, something like that. You look at him now, he's fucking ripped and shredded. Mm. I mean, he's lost a little bit of muscle mass, but he's still lean as all hell. He looks 
absolutely amazing for someone who's at that age. Me, I don't look like that. I got a dad bod now. Okay. But this guy, he's fucking, this guy, uh, all he's got, like, when I talk about fighters on the offseason, make sure you guys are staying in shape through your camps. Not, you don't have to be in tip-top shape, but the better shape you're in, the more knowledge you can absorb. Stay okay? ready, and be so ready. Then you can actually, so then you can actually start to put together new ideas in your sparring. Sparring just isn't every single time going out there, okay, I'm going to do this. No, no, sparring is about trying to, do, trying to work on the things. Learning a new technique and then that putting week. it into practice. Exactly. That's what sparring is all about. I think too many people now have gone like, okay, what I do is good enough. No, no, no. Sparring is meant to be used to learn new things. Try new things in live training. That's what it's meant for. Also, when he got dropped face down, ass up, the recovery was there because he was in phenomenal shape. Whereas his opponent, you could tell the pressure got to him, didn't like fighting on his back foot, gassed himself out trying to finish him, whatever it was. He just continued, like, the shape's got to be there. And Green was in shape, and he pushed the pace, and he recovered fast. He he looked good. Yeah. I thought he looked good. I tip my hat to him, Big man. Win Tracy, for him. Hesson, Tracy Hesson, that group, great, great guys. Motherfucking Jones, what's his name? Josh Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joshua. Like, on, Joshua. Joshua. Yes, I love him, man. He's funny. Nice guy, nice guy. All right, guys, well, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. We're going to get into a little bit of, oh, no, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk, but now we're going to get into some boxing. Let's talk a little bit of this boxing. Uh, That was a fight. Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano was as good Mm -hmm. a boxing, uh, well, I don't want to say women's fight. It was a great boxing fight. I don't give a shit if it's men or women. It was just a great matchup great technique thrown i mean it was just katie taylor man you gotta give this is the first time i've ever seen her actually pushed in a fight pushed to the point where i go she's gonna lose the sucker because she was hurt especially was it the fourth round man um, uh, it was either the fourth or the fifth amanda serrano gets her in the corner and you can see she didn't she couldn't get out and Amanda just started lighting her up. And when she went back to her corner, you could see that whole, you know, oh, my God, I can't stop what she's doing. And mm-hmm. she, her coaches got her back. She sucked it up. And she started winning those later rounds, you know, a little bit. And it's just by a little bit. But, you know, yeah, you're right. I went back and watched that fight because I was thinking that Amanda Serrano, it's a close fight. I, I, I thought Amanda won the fight still. But it, I it thought Amanda close. won too. I, I thought Katie Amanda won the won first well. first round. I thought Amanda won the second round. Um, but it, Amanda took those middle rounds, and Katie took mm-hmm. the first, and then the last ones uh, at the end. But I yeah. loved at the end of that the tenth round. They're both standing there throwing. Yeah, I mean, and they were just giving it everything they had. What a great fight! Great fight. Yeah, you and I were texting back and forth. Uh, I was trying to drive 80 miles an hour on the freeway, trying to text <laughs> you and watch the fight at the same time. But uh, I saw, so I thought Katie won the first, and then I thought Amanda won the next uh, six, basically. Say, yeah, four or five. Yeah, the next six, and then I had I had Katie land because what this is what I saw, John. I had Katie win in the last four four rounds. I had it was six four. I had it six four. I think it was. So six, yeah, something like that. Do the math. Yeah. That would be that would be five five because you gave her the first. Okay, I get it. Four. I had it six four. I don't I don't I know about you, but if you do this, go ahead and count them. 
<laughs> I had it six four for for uh, Amanda. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was close. It was. But what I thought the I thought the deciding factors in those last three rounds was that Katie, like, shit, let me start with Amanda. Amanda had some good. She was popping with the jab, landed some clean shots. So the, the the body work she did was beautiful. The body work was good. The thing is, though, when Katie threw, she started, and especially in that last round, she was sitting down on the punches and throwing, and it was making Amanda take a step back. True. Which is, I think, what the judges looked, because we talk about damage, yeah. we talk about what the impact of the of the shot takes. That is what I think won her those, those later rounds. Amanda looked like she started to kind of, there wasn't as much pop on her punches in yeah. round in the championship round, and I would say like championship I th- I eight, think, nine, I ten. Think- I think those middle rounds where she threw a lot of shots on Katie. Yeah. Trying to get rid of her at certain points. I think those kind of burned her out for those later rounds. Got a little bit tired, but I don't care. It was a great fight. Both of them. Just unbelievable talent. Unbelievable toughness. Just watching Katie Taylor. Amanda in the corner always seemed very composed and ready to go back and do her thing. Katie, you could see there was, you know, she had to collect herself. She she was in a dogfight, and this is the first time someone was, oh, she's knocking on my door. She's going to take my titles, and she pulled herself through that. Just loved. I loved the whole contest. It was great. Do, you, do is this one of those ones you called a robbery? Nah, it's not a robbery, but I I still think Amanda won. Yeah, I thought Amanda won as well. The um the part is is that Jake Paul and who's the promoter? Eddie Hearn. Heard Eddie Hearn. Eddie they bet Hearn. a million dollars at the Wayans. No, dude. Jake Paul. At the Wayans or the press conference. I think it was the presser. Uh, that's a see if if I'm if I'm Jake Paul, that's a hard pill for me to swallow. You know what I mean? Like that's a hard pill, like, for me to say, like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you knowing that my girl should have won. Ah, yeah, that's well, rough, man. Yes. That's rough. And I mean, I was I was watching it and um I could hear some of the the, the I was listening to some of the Spanish announcers. And they were, they were like, no, no, this is not. They were there's like, no, it shouldn't have been that, and it should, you know, like yeah, obviously Amanda should have won. But uh, overall, like I said, it was a good fight. Now let me ask you this: Do they run it back? Yes, have to, have to. It's first I think off, it's going to be it. It'd first be off, a the you know, bar the, burner of a, a absolutely because this is the kind of fight when exactly yeah you have Show a, me the money. you have a fight like this between. Look, they're the two best female fighters out there at this weight class. Obviously, you got Clarissa Shield, who's bigger, and that would be someone that you could bring in, but she's too big for both of them. So in this weight category, there's no one close to them. And after that fight, people want to see. They want to see the next round. They want to see the next fight. And this is one that you can put out there, and you can say, hey, we're going to put this one on again. And you can make a lot of money, and they're going to make a lot of money, and that's the way it should be. They deserve it for the you know the effort that they put into this, and the product that they put out there. Hell yes, I want to see this one again. John, do we do we get okay? Everyone talks about oh UFC fighters or MMA fighters are underpaid, da, da, da. but here let me go into the next thing. We want to see this fight again, okay? But. Are we getting the same bullshit boxing stuff where the promoters get involved and we don't see this fight for three years, four years? Is that is that what's going to happen? No, I think they're smart enough to know this. Hey, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Iron's hot right now. 
you can make something of this. I don't think, I think you'll see them fighting again, you know, within the year. You know, it may is not. it because they're females and they have no one else at this at these levels for them to fight? Yeah, is that well, why? I don't think it has to do with female. I think it has to do with talent. Let's be honest. How much talent is out there that compares to what they can do? There's not. They go out and they fight other fighters and they basically walk through those fighters. They yeah. actually push each other. They actually are competition. You know, you get the, those very best, and then we talk about just, you know, the, the small, minute, you know, decimals difference in talent in certain areas and stuff, and they both have it. You know, like, can, a, can a boxing promoter screw this up? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Do I think they are going to? No. I think they know that, hey, we need to put this back on because this is something that we can sell. It's easy. And I think, man, it definitely helps, you know, female boxing women's boxing yeah. got a big you know shot in the arm based upon that fight no i agree i th I would love to see this fight ran back you know probably either the end of the year or yeah. beginning of next year sometime yeah. around there give them some time to enjoy the accomplishment let them start talking to sponsors and promoters and other things that can help bring in a little bit more money for them let let's get the build up going though probably in the next month say like hey we just had the one of the best fights we've ever seen not just female fights but the best fights we've ever seen it was a great fight i agree with you i just i get concerned because you hear like i hear all, a lot of these other people that we're friends with spouting off like oh but the boxing makes all this money i'm like yeah boxing has one maybe two good fights and that's it okay <laughs> what about all those other fighters that are making money on the ufc rosters and the bellator rosters and the one rosters and the pfl rosters that they're making a lifestyle out of this. They're making a career. Boxing doesn't have that. They don't. They've got four fights or five fights on below. They're not making a life. Like there's not 15 fights on there, John. Where 20 or 14 fights, where 28 fighters can actually support their family and live a life. That's what the difference is. Like if we want to do, if you guys, if if, if we want to say, hey, this is what the UFC. This you is, see my point. Well, I, here here's the point. This is what you're not putting out there the top boxing makes more money than MMA fighters at the very top. They do. Yeah. Okay. But th that's because of the Ali act. It's not because the promoters want to be generous. They have to be generous. That's mm -hmm. the law. MMA doesn't have that. The big difference in what you're talking about is if you look at a fight card and let's take a look at the Katie Taylor's, you know, Amanda Serrano fight card. The fight before it was a good fight. Jesse Vargas against Liam Smith, okay? And it was a good fight. You know, and Jesse Vargas is, you know, a guy I've watched for a long time. I've watched Liam Smith. It was good. And then let's go down from there. You're not going to know those people so much. And they had, a, you know, a championship fight for the women in, the, in a, the bigger category. I don't can't remember what weight it was, but, you know, they had that. But no one knows those people. And when you don't know the people, that means that you're not tuning in for those people. And in boxing, you're going to get usually about six fights, maybe seven fights on the entire card. And the first one, two, three, sometimes four, you're not going to know anyone on there. And those people are making $500, $1,000 to fight. They're not making anything. All the money yeah. goes to those people in that top rung. And so that's where the money is. Yes, they make more if you're that top. You know, Amanda... And Katie, 
They're making the lion's share, and they deserve the lion's share. They're the ones that the eyes are coming for. But in MMA, if you're taking a look at the UFC, you know, it's different than than Bellator because Bellator pays their uh, they they pay their contracted fighters. When I say contracted, those are people that have more than a one fight contract. Bellator will bring young talent in to look at them, give them a one fight contract, and they're not going to pay them a lot. They're not. You know, they're paying them what a regional show pays them based upon, hey, we're we're giving you an audition to see how good you are and do we want to, you know, sign you to a contract. The UFC kind of does that with the Dana White series, the, with the yep. contender series. Those they're not paying those guys anything. When you get to the UFC, you've got their minimums, and their minimum I think now is twelve. I think it's twelve and twelve. You got to figure back when you were fighting. What was it? Two, <laughs> two and two. You know, two and two, two and two. So two now and it's twelve and twelve. So that's better, and that is better than the boxing. You know, if you're the pre the first prelim fight on the UFC. You know, probably you're making twelve and twelve. Okay, that's not bad. But there's fifteen fights. Exactly seven. Exactly. So more and, people are making more money. And this is your opportunity to say, okay, I've made it to the UFC. Now I've got to bump up my game and get to that higher level of pay, which you can get to. You just got to win. But people, you can't compare these. These are it's not apples to apples. Like you say, when, when Bellator does a show, we're talking 14 fights. Sometimes, come on, we've had 20-some fights in a Bellator, okay? In Ireland. <laughs> All right, so Put a the, UFC, my mouth, man. <laughs> the <laughs> UFC normally <laughs> limits their fights to 13. Sometimes they'll do 14, <clears throat> but normally it's 13 or sometimes a little bit less because the fight falls off and they can't do anything about that. That's not their fault. Yeah. But you always have those, and let's be honest, the quality of those fights throughout – it's it's dropped off some because it has to in the beginning, you know, until someone knows them. But they're trying to get you to see their young people and see who's going to be their young star. You know, that's how yep. they bring in, you know, a Kazmat Shemaev. They brought in him in on a week's notice because a, a fight falls off. And look, they found a star. And yep. that's, you know, that's their way of doing it. And, and it's worked for him and it's great. But you cannot compare the boxing level to the MMA level. You know, the MMA promotions actually put out a lot of money throughout the actual whole card. Yeah. I just, I'll continue to go back to the fact that MMA fans, you, they could like to complain a lot about the, what oh. the fighters make. But the problem is, what are you going to do when you have no one that you're really paying attention to now because they're going to cut back on how many fights. So now when you tune in, there'll be six fights or seven fights or maybe even that. less, five fights. You don't fights. want that. You don't want that. Plus you don't get to you don't get a chance. Like in boxing, no one's following these young guys' careers. They're yeah. waiting until they get to TV and then they're following them. But if even then, they don't no one's tuning in for the first three fights on the boxing card. If you go to a boxing event, empty. People don't show up until the main event. Yep. Maybe the co-main, depending on who's on there. Yep. The arena is empty. It's a ghost town. Yep. The concessions, people are going, what the fuck? I'm not making any money right now. <laughs> the people that are selling popcorn and beer and all. No one's there. You go to a Bellator, you go to a UFC, you go to like any of the MMA promotions, that shit's busy by like the second or third fight. And there's 14 fights. Those fans are dedicated to be there for like four hours, five hours sometimes. They're there. They're in it to win it. <laughs> MMA fans will be extremely disappointed 
if MMA starts to go towards that the boxing, boxing format, oh, yeah. it's they will be fucking. They will be. They'll crushed. be livid. They're gonna be like, they'll be mad. And you know what? You know who they have to blame? They have to themselves. blame themselves. Yeah, because it's not just you guys. It's also a lot of the media going, "Hey, we should be getting paid more." No, look, some, some should. Paid more. Some, some should. should. I agree. Some should. But like you said, with the Bellator, right? With the young talent that's around there, like who's the young kid that Bellator's uh, using here in San Jose? Seronio. I don't yeah. know. His, Bobby, I don't know his Bobby first Seronio. Name. Bobby Seronio. Kid's good, man. Yeah. Super good. And guess so what? I think he's now signed. signed. And there you go. He's gonna make more yep. money. And that's what that fight is for. That is for yeah. you to be the guy that puts on in this, you know, you're, you are giving an audition. It's an audition. You have to look at it this way. If it's you can't sell tickets and you can't be a draw in your own town, how are you going to be a draw in another town? That's the biggest thing. You know, um, that was one of the leading causes why, why, why Gil and I got signed with Strikeforce a long time ago. Gil had a pretty big name training with Nick and Nate, as well as with Jake Shields and Dave Terrell and all these other guys from the Gracie camp. I kind of had a small, a smaller name over here on the uh, AKA, but in San Jose, I had a big ass family. I'm half Mexican. So anytime I'd sell tickets, 200 something tickets right what off the saying? bat went to just my family. <laughs> then my family had a big family. So, um, you know what I mean? So it was like 200 tickets were bought right off the bat. We guaranteed because my family bought those tickets. So it, it just, if you can't sell tickets in your own town, then that's what's gonna that's what's gonna bring and guide you along in terms of making you more money later on. And so I just I, the media needs to slow the roll on on pushing like yeah you know they should be making more money. Yes, of course. In in a in a real world, we'd all love to make more money. You think the person at Apple is going? Man, I wish I was making less money. No. People at Apple and Facebook are all thinking, man, I should be making more money. Yeah. Everyone thinks they should be making more money for what they do. I and I I look at what how many employ how many fighters are I actually able to put money down on a house. Not everyone lives in San Jose where I live where it takes, you know, 16 fights just to even buy put a down payment down on a house. Some people live in Kansas, you know, uh what's his name? Uh Kraus, right? Yeah. But, Missouri. but Cross is out there, you know, and uh, and uh, James Cross. Uh, uh, Bryce Mitchell. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, Bryce Mitchell's in Oklahoma, Arkansas. But no, uh, Strabanimal. What's his name? Strabanimal. Oh, Gallagher. Yeah, he's, he moved to Kansas. He's, he's got a house there now. You know what I mean? Like, there's places that are affordable for people to live. You know, so two or three fights, they can buy a house. So boxers don't always get that opportunity. Like, the, I'm sure the fight I've seen several times on boxing. The first three fights, four fights, like you said, they're making like a thousand dollars. You know, I used to coach a boxer. He was making fifteen hundred bucks and fifteen hundred dollars if he won. Yeah. He's making two thousand and two thousand. And then he got signed to Goose and Tudor, and then he started making better money. But then when he started making better money, what I mean by better money is like thirty to fifty grand. But he was fighting Angolo. He was fighting uh, James Kirkland. He fought those guys. Yeah. Look at well, look at look at that level of fighting. And you're only making 30, 50 grand. These guys, sometimes they're not fighting guys at that level. And what are they making? Yep. I mean, look at, I get Orlovsky's a former champion, but look who he just fought. What did he make? He had to have made 200,000. Who? Collier? Arlovsky. Arlovsky. Um, I would say Arlovsky made 200,000. But see, there's certain Collier's fighters, right? 
No, but I'm saying, but there's certain fighters that are making a lot of money. Sure. That are, you know, that are fighting. You know, I mean, Arlovsky, he's, he's older. He's 43. It's like Collier, I don't know what he made, but whatever he made, I mean, like, I thought he won the fight. It could be, it could, I guess you could perceive that he, that was a good step up in competition. He, I thought he won the fight. Yeah. What did he make? Did he make fifteen? Did he make twenty? I mean, if it's, if it's twelve thousand, he made twenty four grand. He or made, he made twelve. No, he, he made half. Yeah, but I'm saying, well, no, it'd be twelve and twelve, right? Yeah, but he didn't get the other part. He lost. He didn't get the other part. But I think he, I think he would, if he were fighting Andre, I would have thought he would have made more than twelve and twelve. He might have. He might have been at you know eighteen. Ba- based 18 upon or, being what that was the co-main, right? Yeah, it was the co-main. Yeah, so he probably he, he might have got a bonus of that for that because yeah. I remember in like some contracts, like if you're the main event of the co-main, you get a little bit more money. Yep. Anyways, all right. Well, that's our wrap up on that. I've vented enough on the oh, no. pay. Let's talk about some news. What do we got here? Well, actually, we're gonna jump in and weighing in on the odds and do the oh. main event for the upcoming uh, UFC oh, card. Oh, the Gage main event, Charles Oliveira. Oh, we're doing the main event, weighing on the odds. Hello. Now. Oh, <laughs> I thought we know. were doing the weighing on the odds for the midweek show for That's the whole all of thing. them. Okay, not just the main. All right, all right. Now, now you get it. <laughs> Let's jump on these weighing on the odds for the main event: Justin Gaethje no. versus Charles Come Oliveira. On. You got to say it first. Justin Gaethje no, is gotta a plus. Say it. You got to say it. Then I'm right. I'm no, right. You screwed up again, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you guys don't speak English, so I got to okay. figure out. It's like All deciphering right. what you guys are with, like through Braille. <laughs> trying to trying to feel for the nipples to see what you guys are saying. <laughs> All right. Justin Gaethje is a plus 135 underdog, and Charles Oliveira is a minus 165. And the over under, it is minus 185 on the over for one and a half. Yeah, I got my, minus 165. What did I say? 85. Oh, my eyes are bad. Over over one and a half is a minus 165. Under is a plus 135. How do you see this? Who are you going with? I want to hear this. I'm going to take the under. You're going to take the under? Yeah. I'm not going to take the under. This is going to go longer. One and a half, I'm going to take the under. One and a half, it's going to go longer than. I think think Oliver is either going to get knocked out under one, or he's going to be able to take Gaethje down and sub him before... He well, that, there's a possibility there. Justin Gaethje will walk him down and try to knock him out, like how Dustin Poirier did, and he rocked him and hurt him. And I think Justin could potentially knock him out because Oliver. I'm just being honest. Oliver, he's comfortable with coming in with it. His hands are up. His defense is up. His chin is good. It's not great. Okay, and Justin Gaethje will be there throwing shots and trying to get him out of there, like we've seen in all of his other fights. I would take a chance. I would take a chance on. On the under, I would take a chance. So you're going to put $135 down to win 100 on on basically seven and a half minutes of time. Yes, I am. You're going to get rid of a good fighter, a great fighter, in seven and a half how, minutes. How soon? How soon did Khabib finish him once he got into the ground? They don't 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 compl- no, no, don't I'm compare. asking. I'm asking. I'm asking. But it's also Khabib. Is Charles Oliveira as good as good as Jiu-Jitsu as as Khabib on the ground. Absolutely. Is he as good as jiu-jitsu? Okay. Absolutely. And is, is Justin Gaethje have power? Does Justin Gaethje have hold power on. like Dustin Poirier? Okay, you know, see, you're trying to make a point here. 
You're not because I have a point. But I what have you one. need to do is listen every now and then because you might learn something. Oh, jeez! You watched when Khabib was able to pressure Justin. I mean, mm -hmm. pressure him, huge pressure, walk through him, and he didn't do it from the very start. He did it when probably three and a half to four minutes of the first round was over. He really started pressuring Justin, and. Do you see Charles being able to put that same pressure on Justin? I I'm not I saying I'm not saying that I can see him doing it. I can see what I can see is him, what he does, what Oliver does. He hands up, yes. walks you down, yes. push kick, push walks kick. you down, push yes. kick. I agree. He will put pressure. He will put the pressure. Now there's, I think that he may walk into a shot. There's a difference in doing that pressure when you're being met with pressure. Because Justin is a pressure fighter, and Justin is going to be eating that leg up. You're proving my point. No, I'm not. You're not listening. I'm saying that <laughs> no one's going to run out there like Khabib, yeah. and pressure this fight. They're both going to come out and take your time and slowly start to do what you want to do or try. I don't. Th I don't. I think it's going to go. Past when have the you seen Justin Gaethje take his time in anything? <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. Did like Justin Gaethje stop? Did Justin Gaethje get rid of Michael Chandler in seven and a half minutes? He did. There not. was more. There was more of a mix. Like there not. was more of a mix-up. You're, you're That's not the same fighter. Oh, now you're saying that's not the same fight. fighter. <laughs> Is I'm being honest. Look, okay. if you look at if you look at Charles Oliveira, I look at more of Justin Gaethje like a Dustin Poirier. Okay, like with Dustin. Dustin. Dustin was able to land some clean shots. He rocked sure. Charles. I think that's what's going to happen. He's okay. going to try to walk down how he tried to walk down Dustin. He's going to try to do the same thing with Gaethje. Gaethje's going to rock him. Maybe even try to put him away. Try to put the pressure. Try to put him away. Try to get him out of there. Charles either gets knocked out or Charles goes ahead and gets a takedown. Is able to get him reaching range, whatever it is, reaching, overextending. Gets a takedown. Once his fight hits the ground, Charles all day. All day. Oh, I think he subs him. I think he no, subs him. I think he off, subs him once it hits the ground. There's no doubt that Charles has a huge advantage on the ground over Justin. No doubt. Yeah. But his and, ability to get Justin, Justin. Hold on. His ability to get Justin there is not the same as Khabib. It's just not. I agree. Okay. I agree. He doesn't have that wrestling. He's got great jujitsu. His wrestling takedowns are not going to get Justin to the ground. So he's got to hurt Justin in the stand-up or catch Justin in a mistake to get him there. I don't know, John. I, I feel All like right, I've what seen we're going to do he, on he, this one, since we are the ones that are arguing about this, I'm going to take the over at okay. minus one sixty-five. So I'm going to put a hundred dollars down. You're going to put a hundred dollars down. If I win, you're paying me one sixty-five. If you win. I'm going to pay you 80. Why am I only getting 80? Because it's your plus 135. Yeah, you owe me another 100 bucks. No, no, no. Oh, you're right. I'm 135. Sorry. Okay, hold on. You're right. I'm plus. <laughs> I was looking at I'm plus, you're John. Right. You're right. So, at minus 165, you'll owe me... No, no. If you if you look, John, let's just do it. Make it easy. If it goes over, I pay you the one sixty five. If it goes under, you pay me the one thirty five. Okay. There, make it easy. I like that. There you go. You got it. Okay? We have a bet. I, 
Yeah, it's I, not a I fair think, bet because gonna, I'm actually I'm actually getting up on you. Nothing you're right. It's not a fair bet because I should actually get my hundred plus the one thirty five. <laughs> no, you're not getting your. You would only plus. get. You would only get. You would only get sixty five. You're not actually you handing me get, the. Are you handing me the hundred? You would only get. You're 65, not handing though. me the hundred. You you're the. You're favorite. actually not putting a hundred dollars in my pocket. John is the. You're the favorite. You're. I'm giving. I'm actually conceding more money to you for no reason. You're the favorite. <laughs> That's <what> I said. <laughs> yes, I know. You're the favorite. I'm taking the bigger chance, and I'm only asking for 135 bucks. I, I said I would give you back. the 135 bucks. I know, I know, and I should get my hundred back too. So <laughs> two thirty-five. You're not putting. <laughs> I'm the underdog. How are you? Right. How are you getting a hundred back that you never put out? I know, but I'm pretending. Okay. Okay. So, so at plus 135 or minus 165 for Charles Oliveira, and just straight up, what would you go with? Would you go oh, with it? Man, I'm telling you, I'd go with Justin Gaethje at, at plus 135. I, 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 I probably have to agree with you on it. Yeah, and so because he, like, he can hurt him, and he can he get rid of not. Yep. Charles could definitely win the fight. I'm not saying it. Yeah. But I'm not no, gonna absolutely. I'm not gonna put out that 165. To say that he's gonna beat him, when I when I got a guy in Justin Gaethje that I know he can, he can beat Oliver, no, you know? so absolutely, I think I would go with Justin, but I, I definitely am gonna go the over. You're gonna go the under. I like this one. Yeah, this I'm a, yeah. All right. I just I really believe I just I believe that Charles is gonna come out take the center of the cage like he does in his high stance with his hands try. up high and he's gonna use the push kick and he's, yeah exactly, yeah. and just like in the Dustin fight, he's gonna probably take some shots. Be, until he gets that takedown, he's not going to be able just to be able to just reach in and get the takedown right away. No. But his wrestling has gotten better. When you look at the Tony uh, Ferguson fight, it still not. It's it's still gonna. I, but he has different ways of doing it though too. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't I, just need. He doesn't just need to get the takedown. He could shuck the arm by and the body lock gets could. in the back and it can be over. Climb up just like he did on Dustin. The levels of gra- exactly the levels of grappling is way way different. Just like I think the no levels of power, it. the levels of power in the hands. Different. I think Justin's gonna ha- and and the ability to take shots is also different. So that's why I'm saying I'm gonna take the under because if Charles is gonna is content is persistent on standing his ground like he did with Dustin, it could end badly for him yes. quick. I agree. And if Dustin if Justin ends up being too aggressive. It could put himself in a position where he gets his back taken from the standing position or even just taken down. And if that happens, it's going to be over, too. That's why I'm going to take the under. Okay. All right. Well, we'll give it a go. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I like this one, too. All right. All right. What else you got for us there, Dave? All right. Let's let's look at a couple of fight announcements. Um, There are a few. We'll we'll probably just cover a couple here because – because Josh went on a long tangent right now, but <laughs> um, so we have hey, for when I, hey when I when I'm right, what will you say? So <laughs> I call should right. I call your neighbor, punch you in the mouth again? <laughs> when I'm right. Okay, go ahead. Oh man, Just please stop reminding me of last night. I don't know what to think about it. Uh, UFC London announcement: They are coming back in July, and they announced Tom Aspinall versus Curtis Blades. Look at the UFC. He gets an start, encore performance. Starting to push Tom Aspinall, which is smart. He's good. Yeah. But he's I don't know if he's ready for Curtis Blades. I don't know if he is. I don't know if he is, John. Yeah. That's a tough fight for him. That's a tough matchup. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know, man. Ah, that's I don't know. But I mean, hey, you know what? Aspinall's coaches maybe saw something in Curtis. 
and said, hey, you know what, we're cool with this, or who knows? There, but it, it, that's a tough fight. There comes a point where you got to jump in the deep end of the water, man. It's, there comes that fight. This is the one. Oh, could have picked. Could have picked someone else. <laughs> <laughs> could have had someone. Definitely not going to out wrestle him. Not going to get to the ground. No. So he's going to have to figure out a way to do it on the feet. Which look, his, his stand up has been looking really good. He's been doing. Well, better. here's the other thing, though, John. But Curtis Blades is Blades, not bad on the feet too. Will Blades make it easier for him though, and just take him down for him? That's the other thing. Like him being on bottom, it's not a bad thing. He moves pretty well. He like not not only does Frank he just Mir. look like Frank yeah. here. He kind of moves a little bit, you know, not as good. Again. But when he, Frank was younger, he moved pretty damn well off his back. How many, how many heavyweights have you seen that you look at and you go, "That's a guy on his back. Don't don't put him there." Yeah, yeah, not very many. Fabricio. Yeah, you had Verdum. That was one. No, you Noguera. Could say Noguera was Noguera. another. There's not many. No. So because and and the big difference is and it happened to Noguera, especially with Fedor, heavyweights in the top position they can do a lot of damage. It only yeah. takes a couple of shots to really change your ability to get that submission at all. You're taking a chance. Not that it can't work for you. It can if you're that guy. And Aspinall's got it. He's got a you know pretty good uh, game off of his back. But man, it's almost it's rolling the dice. Rather be in the top position. The crowd, the crowd may be a big factor. That though. might be. That's the other thing. Might be. You know, he may raise to the he may rise to the occasion, and or raise uh, to you it. may have a star. Yeah, raise, rise, whatever. <laughs> he, I mean, he, you know, he he might he might. I mean, you know, you might be. I feel like he's becoming a star, but a win right now over Blades. Oh, that I think propels puts him. him in that. Puts him right there in that. But like, this is where you know we talked about. That. There comes that point. The fights never get easier. No. Well, he's at it. He has, but see, Aspinall, you have made that leap. Good, good for you, man. That's that's what I like about when they slow played him though in the beginning. It was yeah. smart, and then now they're filling it. Now they understand that he's he's showing all the things he needs to show, probably in the gym. So whoever his coaches are, whatever they're doing, they're doing a great job. I think this is a this is going to be a real test for him, yeah. and the ability to stuff Huge takedowns, test. the ability to get up off of his back against the fence, the ability to land his striking, stay composed when he's being wrestled to death. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this fight. This is a chance. This is a chance to really make him a star. Yeah. So good luck to both of them. Good fight though. Should be a good fight. Yeah. Next. All right. Next fight. Uh, they announced. Um, UFC Ooh. will come to Austin, Texas. Uh, they're coming here in June, and Josh Emmett is gonna return against Calvin Kerr. That's a good fight. That's a Josh Emmett is power. He's got power in his hands, man. Good wrestling. He's not gonna really out wrestle Calvin though. He could get Calvin down. Calvin's gonna work to get to his feet. I think the the boxing actually goes to Calvin Cater. I think yeah. he's got the cleaner, more technical. I don't think he's got the power that Josh Emmett has, especially in that right hand. But this is a great matchup. And Josh the, Josh Emmett is always that guy s sitting right on the outside looking for that, that, that fight that's going to get him past it. Do you think this is the fight, if he wins it, that it gets it past it? Gets him into that, that upper echelon to fight for the featherweight title? I'm not sure it does. It should. It should. should. It should get him there, but I don't I know. Agree. I mean, like he's gonna have to fight someone like a Max, or he's gonna have to fight someone like a Yair Rodriguez. 
He's going to have to fight one of those guys, <clears throat> maybe a Korean zombie. So, again, this is not that fight that's going to put him in that next no. slot. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. How old is he? Like, is he 38? He's all right, right there. He's up there. Yeah, he had some issues in the beginning, you know, um, thirty-seven. So, 37, 37 yeah. yeah. He don't have Just time to waste, man. This is that age. He's tough. So, man, the dude. He's got, he's got power, oh, as we saw power. with Michael Johnson. He's got power. He can yeah. wrestle, but <coughs> he was losing every minute of that fight until that knockout. <laughs> yeah, well, again, you don't have to win the whole battle. Just the war. Look at you. You're right, dying more. on me. You're dying on me. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't get home until late. Uh, we have. You don't have any more there, Dave? What you got for us? Nothing? Um, so they're saying that Ciro Gan um, is <laughs> going to headline UFC France against Tai Chiavasa in September. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. This is one of those ones you go, okay, let's take a look at this fight. Let's see, stand-up-wise. Well, the slicker technique, Cyril Gaon. All right, yeah. power. It's kind of close. It's even, maybe, maybe to Avasa. Ground game, Cyril Gaon. Takedowns, Cyril Gaon. <coughs> Endurance, Cyril Gaon. Who's going to win this? To Avasa. <laughs> <laughs> also, we can see the shoey. Yes. <coughs> All right. I think it's a great match. Well, hey, guys. I like it. I think it should be good, especially in France. Yeah. <coughs> so All right, guys, we're going to bug out of this because my man, Josh Thompson, is ready to choke on his own tongue. Go to our website and get some of our swag. We have got sweatshirts, T-shirts, coffee mugs, everything for you, hoodies, all that good stuff with all kinds of different old style weighing in and new style weighing in we've even got the and still and the joshism of hindsight is 50 50 all of those good things yes. go to weighingin.com and pick up some swag you'll enjoy it we like it we wear it and everybody that uh works around us they now wear it because they love what we do so <laughs> How you feeling, brother? You're going to live on me? You're going to die? Yeah, I'm good. I'm right. good. So, hey, thank you guys all. And, John, what are we going to do? We will see ya. See ya.